Is a recession looming? With $33 trillion in national debt, what does the Bible teach us about weathering financial storms? Tune in for Faith-Driven Financial Strategies. Let's get some perspective. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. We're so glad that you've joined us today, whether you're watching or listening. My name is Sean Peters, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed father-in-law and co-host, Bob Barber. Today, we're going to be covering a topic that we believe would be very beneficial to those of you out there, wisely preparing for economic recessions. So, Today, we do have a lot to cover, but we are going to save some of the scriptures that we have for more towards the end, which will make sense. But Bob, you want to give us a little little more of an intro on here? I sure will, Sean. Uh, as you know, uh, for the, about the last year to year and a half, the uh, markets have been predicting, when I say the markets, the stock markets, the equity markets, all the financial markets have been mm-hmm. predicting that we're going to go into this economic recession, especially as the Fed has been raising rates. Mm. Okay. Well, it's interesting because so, this has not happened yet. So for for over a year, we've we've been hearing the predictions of we're going to have a recession, we're going to have a recession. So will it happen? Maybe, maybe not. But we have some things to cover in relation to that. So I would say the first one, there will always be economic booms and bust. Always. It's just a natural part of economic cycles. And preparing for recessions is wise. It's like the balloon. You can only blow the balloon up so much before there's, it's going to pop. Right. And um, Or like the rubber band. It, it, it's natural. The rubber you know, band, the, you can the, only stretch you can, it. You can stretch it, but mm-hmm. you can only stretch it so far before it either snaps back or snaps. And, you know, recessions can be short-lived. Some can be long. Uh, the one that we had a few years ago was – very short because the government came in and stimulated the economy so much mm-hmm. by adding seven to nine trillion dollars of money into the economy, and now we've got to pay that back. By the way, I, I still can't wrap my head around. Yeah. I mean, seven to nine trillion yeah. dollars. You know, you know, a trillion has twelve zeros in it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a lot. That's it's a yeah. big number. Recessions will always come and go. Some will be short. Mm-hmm. Some will be long. As as the, the famous Great Depression, right of the of the nineteen thirties, lasted many many years. I hope mm-hmm. we never have that happen again. Agreed. Uh, the one thing that's different about now versus then is we're a very diversified economy. Where back then it was very driven by farming. Yeah. Okay. And just industrial. Where now there's all the different sectors yeah. that are that are driving the economy. But the one thing I want to say, Sean, is the government's not always going to be able to bail us out. That's true. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, it's a good example too. Like when Germany, I believe it was after World War One, that they were having serious issues with their currency, and they just tried to print more and more money because of the, the war debts and everything else that they had, and it got to the point that it was more. Uh, efficient and cost less money to burn German currency to keep warm than it was to actually buy firewood. Yeah. So, so there is a point that if if we're not careful for any country, that there is no way for the country to bail itself out, especially not with printing money. You have to actually make some changes. You you do. And Sean, the interesting thing though is for the last ninety years, mm-hmm. you know, the government bailed us out of the Great Depression. 
it was with wartime, and they started printing money at that point. Well, also, what what helped a lot with that, Bob, is from the Depression and then going into World War II, is that the industries all kicking into high gear to support the war effort. It wasn't just about the printing money, but it was, hey, something actually happened. Well, who was happened. paying for that? Yes, I know the government was paying for it, right. but uh, it, unlike the German example, I would say, is that at least there was some sort of, like there was a lot in the private sector that was actually generating jobs and work and, and product. Yeah. So it wasn't just printing money, but again, the printing money didn't help either. Yep. Yep. In so, the long run. So right so right now, and you can go to usdebtclock.org and you can see all this, but our country is heading into a, a debt of thirty three trillion. You hear that? Thirty three trillion. And Sean, um, that's fifty percent higher than it was just four years ago. Wow. So so it took us it took us 90, 80, 90 years to get to the $20 trillion debt. And then in just the last three years, we've gone 50% higher. Wow. You know, and it was all the stimulus checks um, that that COVID, from COVID, that caused right. this. And there's there's a lot of Trump fans, and I'm not going to try to get political here, but he, $7 trillion of that was, was from him. Yeah. Okay? And, it's almost like our government does this kind of regardless of the political party. Yeah, like, it seems that like, way. Because, again, not—, not trying to point fingers either way, but it's just our government as a whole, doesn't matter what party it is, has a bad habit of continuing to just spend money it doesn't have. And and every time we print more money, every single time it devalues it. And that's why we've had such the so much inflation. That's right. You know, last year we had inflation at nine and ten percent. And it's interesting now as the government as as the Fed starts raising rates and tightening things back, it it pulls in inflation yeah. back down, but there was all this free money. Uh, as you know, two years ago, you had no advantage of being a cash buyer over a borrowing buyer for right. real estate. So right. it caused real estate to, to go through the, through the roof. Yeah, the and, prices, and, the prices of real estate. So thirty three trillion. Okay, remember a trillion has twelve zeros behind it. All right, if you divide that. And I looked at the population of the United States now. It's about 332 million. Mm-hmm. So I get my calculator out, and I divide it, and that is right at nearly 100000 It's actually $99,397 of debt for every man, woman, and child. Yeah, not household. In, every man, woman, and child, based on yeah, our, our right. the latest population estimates, were $332 million. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so for my for my household, there's Jenna and I and our two kids. Right. So you're you're so about, you're about technically 400, our share as a family is four hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Yes. It, it, exactly. Wow. Now now countries rise and they fall on debt. You know the the Roman Empire is a very very good example too of when a government gets too large. And out of control, and it yeah. always eventually falls. And listen, y'all, I want to say I cannot and I will not predict this. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that we're going to fall off a cliff tomorrow. I'm like, not saying like we're Rome. going to fall off a cliff in 20 years. I am not going to predict when we're going when this is going to happen. But you right. know me. You know my favorite saying. It's just math. It's just math. And in this case, math doesn't lie. It, so, yeah. so this is less of a we're trying to scare you and then sell you have some ad about buying gold or coins or whatever afterwards. That this is more of just trying to give some sort of realistic expectation of this is the way stuff works. But again, not a prediction on 
this is going to happen next year or something like that. Not at all. And yeah. we're and we're going to get into some scriptures pretty deep here in a minute. You know, normally we start off at the beginning with scripture, but we're going to end up the program today. We're going to spend some good amount of time with scripture because yeah. scripture gives us examples of how to prepare for recessions. Yeah. And you should never just go stick your head in the sand and say it's not going to happen. But I, you know, governments they get less and less efficient the larger they get. That's right. I, our forefathers were geniuses, but I wonder if they ever realized we we're going to be 332 million people. Well, and spanning and, how, how many thousands of miles across like yeah i, I would yeah, like, yeah. i mean we were 13. this is a huge we were 13 back then yeah 13 yeah. colonies just right. kind of over on the yeah. over on the east coast and yeah. now compared to the size of the country then it's huge and over taxation and the government's attempt to equalize everyone it never works in the long run because yep. you know what the wealthy will do they'll find a way not to be taxed or at higher rates or they'll leave yeah they'll, they'll just they'll just leave and, and and politicians that say the wealthy don't pay their fair share, they're they're just liars. Okay, absolutely. They're, all you got to do is go look at a tax table. Just pull up IRS tax table, and you'll see that the more you make, the larger percentage you you have yeah. to pay. And well, you know, we have and, people in our country paying thirty five and forty percent, and within with state tax paying fifty percent. Yeah. So. That's just Bob. I have a really interesting <laughs> example I'd like to okay. give of that. So Warren Buffett. It wasn't that long ago that he had said in like it was like an interview, and he was talking about how you know he pays less taxes than his his assistant, his secretary, yeah. you know, whatever position was, and and while technically you could say that was true. The problem was even for him to say that, knowing full well what he was saying was incredibly misleading. And in my opinion, when you say things in a way specifically to mislead people, that's the same thing as lying to them. Yeah. And and the reality is, is that, you know, people who actually work and make an income, like I think like doctors and and people and lawyers and people who make arguably a very large income. The problem is, is they're making a normal income where they work and got paid and they pay income tax off of it. But when you talk about this really, really wealthy families who are able to, oh, they just sell some of their stock positions or things like that, and they're only paying capital gains. Okay, sure, technically their overall taxable rate isn't as high, but again, when they sell those stocks, it's not like they did work. Like they took a risk by having that money invested. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we have the income tax rate and the capital gains rate. But in either case, the idea like, oh, the wealthy aren't paying their fair share is still ludicrous as a whole because the vast majority of Americans pay not just percentage wise, but dollar amount wise, pay way more than the rest of us. Uh, and, and Sean, when so you have anyway, a large sorry, capital, rant, rant over. You, but I, well, boy, you did, didn't you? I'm just so, frustrated hearing that it's such a lie that politicians use to basically trick a bunch of us that aren't in the 40, 50 percent tax bracket. But but even you know you have long term capital gains with with the twenty percent plus an additional what they call the, they call the Obamacare tax. You'll you'll be at twenty four, twenty five percent. Yeah. And, and what that doesn't a, take into account, unlike with income tax over time and and the amount you pay the tax you're rate have on, to go is, on okay? I know, but I just want to make this okay. sure people hear this point and stop repeating that stupid lie about you know the wealthy don't pay their fair share. Yeah, the capital gains tax is lower, but it doesn't take into account inflation. So the purchasing power change. So when you hear about these changes to capital gains on how people should pay money on investments, even if they didn't sell anything, 
it's even more ludicrous. We need to do another episode okay, on that. Yeah. I'm frustrated. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Okay, but here's the one thing, though, I want you to understand when we talk about preparing for economic recessions is that they're always going to come along, and there's going to be good times and bad times, because Scripture tells us. That's right. You know, we've shared the Scripture many times. There's a time for everything. You know, there's going right. to be good times and bad times. And some of the scriptural examples I think are great to apply for recessions would be, you know, the first one would be Ecclesiastes 11.2, which we mention around here a lot, mm-hmm. is is invest in seven ventures, yes, and eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. I mean, I, I can't think of a better scripture that directly yeah. talks about preparing for recessions, whether it's minor or major. And so we're talking about many, all the different sectors. You know, there's 11 to 12 different sectors of the economy and and everything from utilities to energy to technology. Healthcare, to cons- real estate. Yeah, you name it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all listed. So that's what this means is you don't go put all your money in one basket. You know, it's yeah. like, like mom always said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's right. Okay. So right. In, in mathematical terms, with seven to eight, you're looking at somewhere around 125 to 14.3%. Don't put any more than that in any one particular sector, especially right. when you hear the news talking about how, you know, oh, technology is up, you know, 70%. Well, first of all, that's you missed the opportunity to, to move into it. it. What's this already up 70? Yeah. But also definitely don't put any more than say 12 and a half to 14.3% in there That's because what then it you're going to be way overweighted and not properly diversified. So, so we, you know, I have these lists again out, technology, real estate, healthcare, mm-hmm. energy, consumer staples, materials, and, and the list goes on. Okay. And and people have a hard time with this though. I, I was, yeah. I was just talking with Don here in our office this morning and he's talking with the business owner and the business owner has everything invested in his one business. And he has very little outside of that. Yeah. Well, see, Which is dangerous. He, it's very dangerous. Exactly. Don's one of our advisors. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, the, the other scriptural principle that we're going to spend some time on, but it's a whole chapter, so we're not yeah. going to read the whole chapter. Genesis 41. Genesis 41, and, and it gives us an example in here where Pharaoh has a dream, and he has Joseph, not the Joseph in the New Testament, the Joseph in the Old Testament, okay? The one that the brothers all... The one with the bright colors. The, the, yeah. The coat. They, they threw him in the, threw him in yeah. the hole, and then he came out and pretty much helped, you know, run, eat, run, not ruin, but run Egypt yeah. later. But he had him interpret the dream, and this dream, he, he was seeing these seven fat cows, and then he was seeing seven lean cows. Yeah. And he's they like, were like famished and... Right. Yeah. And he's like, what, what does this mean? And he said, this, you're going to have seven good years... Of plenty. And, and then you're going to have seven bad years. And he says, okay, so what should we do? And he says, take a fifth of the harvest. Or 20%, you know, for or those 20. of you who don't remember your fractions. Right. So it's take 20% of the harvest during the good years mm-hmm. and save it up. For the bad years. That's prepared. To, to basically help get you through it. Am I not saying right? That is a scriptural principle yep. right there. I believe that emphasis preparing is for in, economic. Uh, Verse thirty four through thirty six. So if, if you're wanting to oh, yeah. look at it, okay, okay, yeah. And and the other part that's amazing with this, Bob, is that that preparation was not just Egypt, but many of the countries surrounding it, including uh, like the the land of Canaan or you know whatever it was called at the time. Uh, Joseph's family, when they came to Egypt, Egypt was basically the only place in the area that wasn't dying off, like from from the famine. And so had it not been for the position that Egypt was was in and that God had over time gotten Joseph exactly where he needed to be, it wouldn't have just been Egypt, but the entire area mm-hmm. over there in the Middle East might have 
like died off. I mean, we, we don't know what would happen, but the point was it was it God took care of both Egypt and the surrounding countries from having Joseph at the right place. And I believe that this is in the Bible to give us give us a scriptural example how to prepare for recessions. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the Ecclesiastes, give your portions of seven or eight. We've got Genesis 41 that talks about preparing and saving during the good years, you know, not living like there's, you know, li- yeah. people, you'll see in the good times, you just spin, 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 and they live like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And they're not, that's not wise. And then, and then we go over right over to Proverbs. It talks about the ant. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've mentioned this many times. We don't have to read the whole thing today, but, you know, he talks about you sluggard. That's and, right. You know, so and, can consider the ant and, you know, don't just sit around and just think, oh yeah, it's fine. We don't need to prepare or do right. anything because scarcity uh, will and poverty will come on you. So like a bandit. I'm, I'm, I'm par- paraphrasing. Yeah, but 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 it says it was saving in the summertime for the wintertime, all right? Because they're, they think of wintertime in economics like an economic winter. Exactly, or and, a recession. And and then debt is the same way. Don't get yourself in a lot of debt. Proverbs 22.7, and we, we've read this many times on Christian financial perspectives, you become a slave to the lender right. when you have more debt than you can handle. Specifically, right? the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So, so God has given us in his word how to prepare for recessions. That's right. It's all laid out right there. So, Bob, what do we do with all this information? You take this information and you put it in financial planning. That's right. And you diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You, you build cash reserves up to that amount. And mm-hmm. by the way, if you're saying, well, what is that amount? 20% times 7, 2 times 7, 1.4. That's 1.4 years. Mm-hmm. I know that's a long time to think of cash reserves. Most people were thinking in six-month realms or even three-month if they can get there. But the the point of this is is during the good times to be saving up for the bad times because they will always happen because God's Word says it will happen, and God's Word is always true. But, But the good news about that, too, like it says in Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything, that's also not something to be scared of. No, because just like we know there will be bad times, that's right. In the bad times, mm-hmm. we know there will be good times again. And God does not want us to live in a spirit of fear. That's right. That is not of God. Okay. So be wise and plan, 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 and we'll help you with all of these variables, so you'll be ready for any minor or major mm-hmm. uh, significant economic recessions because yeah. they're going to happen. And when the next one's going to happen, I'm not going to predict. I don't predict things like that, okay? Mm -hmm. But I do believe it's wise to always be prepared. And we can advise you using proven, long-term biblical principles. They're in the Bible. The Bible has so much to say about finances. We know it's 1,500 to 2,000 scriptures is what biblical scholars say, all right? You want to talk more about this? You want to prepare for the next recession? You want to handle things from a biblical perspective with your finances? Give us a call. We can be reached at 830-609-6986. You can call that or text that during business hours, or you can go to our website at christianfinancialadvisors.com. And Sean, any last words? No, I think we we covered it. And uh, apologies, everybody, on my rant earlier. We'll do another episode on that. So (laughs) I get it all out there. But thank you so much for joining us. God bless. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email, text, uh, comment down below if you're on the video. And other than that, God bless you. And thanks for joining us. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA, Christian Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. 
Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, Bob Barber and Sean Peters, and their guests. Bob and Sean do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.